Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 10 of The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To my of the elephants. I will remember what I was. I am sick of rope and chain. I will remember my old strength and all my forest affairs. I will not sell my back to man for a bundle of sugar cane. I will go out to my own kind and the wood folk in their lairs. I will go out until the day, until the morning break, out to the wind's untainted kiss. The water's clean caress. I will forget my ankle ring and snap my picket stake. I will revisit my lost loves and playmates masterless. Kalanag, which means black snake, had served the Indian government in every way that an elephant could serve it for forty-seven years, and he was fully twenty years old when he was caught. That makes him nearly seventy, a ripe age for an elephant. He remembered pushing, with a big leather pad on his forehead, at a gun stuck in deep mud, and that was before the Afghan War of 1842, and he had not then come to his full strength. His mother, Radha Payari, Radha the Darling, who had been caught in the same drive with Kalanag, told him, before his little milk tusks had dropped out, that elephants who were afraid always got hurt. Kalanag knew that that advice was good, for the first time that he saw a star-shell burst, he backed screaming into a stand of piled rifles, and the bayonets pricked him in all his softest places. So before he was twenty-five he gave up being afraid, and so he was the best-loved and the best-looked-after elephant in the service of the government of India. He had carried tents, twelve hundred pounds weight of tents, on the march in Upper India. He had been hoisted into a ship at the end of a steam crane, and taken for days across the water, and made to carry a mortar on his back in a strange and rocky country very far from India, and had seen the Emperor Theodore lying dead in Magdala, and had come back again in the steamer entitled, as the soldiers said, to the Abyssinian war medal. He had seen his fellow elephants die of cold and epilepsy and starvation and sunstroke up at a place called Ali Mushdid ten years later, and afterward he had been sent down thousands of miles south to haul and pile big baulks of teak in the timber yards at Mulmin. 
There he had half killed an insubordinate young elephant who was shirking his fair share of work. After that he had been taken off timber-hauling and employed with a few score other elephants who were trained to the business in helping catch wild elephants among the Garo Hills. Elephants are very strictly preserved by the Indian government. There is one whole department which does nothing else but hunt them and catch them and break them in, and send them up and down the country as they are needed for work. Kalanag stood ten fair feet at the shoulders, and his tusks had been cut off short at five feet and bound round the ends, to prevent them from splitting, with bands of copper. But he could do more with those stumps than any untrained elephant could do with the real sharpened ones. When, after weeks and weeks of cautious driving of scattered elephants across the hills, the forty or fifty wild monsters were driven into the last stockade, and the big drop-gate made of tree-trunks lashed together, jarred down behind them, Colonnag, at the word of command, would go into that flaring, trumpeting pandemonium, generally at night, when the flicker of the torches made it difficult to judge distances, and, picking out the biggest and wildest tusker of the mob, would hammer him and hustle him into quiet, while the men on the backs of the other elephants roped and tied the smaller ones. There was nothing in the way of fighting that Kalanag, the old wise black snake, did not know for he had stood up more than once in his time to the charge of the wounded tiger, and, curling up his soft trunk to be out of harm's way, had knocked the springing brute sideways in mid-air with a quick sickle-cut of his head that he had invented all by himself, had knocked him over and kneeled upon him with his huge knees till the life went out with a gasp and a howl, and there was only a fluffy, striped thing on the ground for Colonag to pull by the tail. "'Yes,' said Big Tumai, his driver, the son of Black Tumai, who had taken him to Abyssinia, and grandson of Tumai of the Elephants, who had seen him caught. "'There is nothing that the Black Snake fears except me. He has seen three generations of us feed him and groom him, and he will live to see four. "'He is afraid of me also,' said Little Tumai, standing up to his full height of four feet, with only one rag upon him. He was ten years old, the eldest son of Big Tumai, and, according to custom, he would take his father's place on Kalanag's neck when he grew up, and would handle the heavy iron ankus, the elephant goad, that had been worn smooth by his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather. He knew what he was talking of, for he had been born under Kalanag's shadow, had played with the end of his trunk before he could walk had taken him down to the water as soon as he could walk, and Colonag would no more have dreamed of disobeying his shrill little orders than he would have dreamed of killing him on that day when Big Tumai carried the little brown baby under Colonag's tusks, and told him to salute his master that was to be. "'Yes,' said little Tumai, "'he is afraid of me,' and he took long strides up to Colonag, called him a fat old pig, and made him lift up his feet, one after the other. "'Wah!' said little Tumai. "'Thou art a big elephant!' And he wagged his fluffy head, quoting his father. "'The government may pay for elephants, but they belong to us Mahouts.' 
When thou art old, Kalanag, there will come some rich Raja, and he will buy thee from the government on account of thy size and thy manners, and then thou wilt have nothing to do but to carry gold earrings in thy ears, and a gold howdah on thy back, and a red cloth covered with gold at thy sides, and walk at the head of the processions of the king. Then I shall sit on thy neck, O Kalanag, with a silver ankus, and men will run before us with golden sticks, crying, Room for the king's elephant. That will be good, Kalanag, but not so good as this hunting in the jungles. Huh! said Big Tumai. Thou art a boy, and as wild as a buffalo calf. This running up and down among the hills is not the best government service. I am getting old and I do not love wild elephants. Give me brick elephant lines, one stall to each elephant, and big stumps to tie them to safely, and flat, broad roads to exercise upon, instead of this come-and-go camping. Ah, the Kanpur barracks were good. There was a bazaar close by, and only three hours' work a day. Little Tumai remembered the Kanpur elephant lines, and said nothing. He very much preferred the camp life, and hated those broad, flat roads, with the daily grubbing for grass in the forage reserve, and the long hours when there was nothing to do except to watch Colonag fidgeting in his pickets. What little Tumai liked was to scramble up bridle-paths that only an elephant could take, the dip into the valley below, the glimpses of the wild elephants browsing miles away the rush of the frightened pig and peacock under Kalanag's feet, the blinding warm rains when all the hills and valleys smoked, the beautiful misty mornings when nobody knew where they would camp that night, the steady, cautious drive of the wild elephants, and the mad rush and blaze and hullabaloo of the last night's drive, when the elephants poured into the stockade like boulders in a landslide, found that they could not get out and flung themselves at the heavy posts, only to be driven back by yells and flaring torches and volleys of blank cartridge. Even a little boy could be of use there, and Tumai was as useful as three boys. He would get his torch and wave it and yell with the best. But the really good time came when the driving out began, and the kedah, that is the stockade, 